This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you at 8am every single morning. I start with an apology that's not my fault. Because yesterday's show, for some reason, YouTube privatised it. Um, It's now back up again. But basically this was a problem that affected lots of different channels. I know that Sophie on the Hybrid Squad was affected by this and they lost their show. Um, so if you want to watch yesterday's show and you missed it because YouTube decided to take it away from you, you can do that. Um, but obviously that is yesterday's news now, uh, in the most literal sense of the word. So apologies for that. Nothing I could do. YouTube decided to do that. I'm hoping that everything's fixed now, as far as we're aware that it is, this problem is fixed by YouTube. So we'll wait and see. Um, but uh, good morning. Hope you're doing good and well on this fine match day's eve before the last game of the season tomorrow. Good morning, everyone in the chat box. John, good morning to you. Get in there first. Love it. Optimistic Arsenal fan until the end. Real good morning for you. Um, Nikolai says, sorry, Tom, for breaking your stream yesterday with my first. <laughs> yeah, Nikolai turns up first in the chat and the stream breaks. That's how it works. Magic, good morning to you. So, Afsar to 1994 Gunners. Uh, Daniel, Nick, good morning, guys. David, Anthony, Guna boys. Paul, good morning. Hope you're doing good. Um, and good morning to everybody else joining us in the chat box. I hope there's some of you joining us as well who joined uh, us at uh, the Tonington yesterday. It was a really fantastic evening and good event and uh, a massive, obviously, props to Mike from the Gooners Pod for setting up and organising it and raising, I think, what must approximately be about £1,000 last night. Amazing cause, amazing charity, Gooners versus Cancer. Um Owen says, how do you manage uh, to drink with Mike and still make it for an 8am show? commitment to the cause Owen that's just how it works but no it was great to see so many people some people for the first time as well that I'd never met before uh Paul from the Arsenal Vision podcast was actually great to meet him um Andrew aka Ars blog as well um who else did we get to people that obviously I've seen before Elliot Kaya um all familiar faces Mike of course 
um, Potsy, judges, all the lot that you're familiar with. There were so many people there. Uh, it was fantastic. A really good event. And if you've not gone on to Mike's Twitter account to watch him uh, getting involved in some karaoke, Elliot in particular... It's definitely worth a watch from the Arsenal vision. Um, go and give those videos a watch because they are quite entertaining. However, let's kick on with today's Arsenal stories. And we start with a funny one because uh, I saw this pop up on Twitter yesterday. And, someone, and I think it's worth reminding everybody that you will never have to worry about John Moss, Mike Dean or um, Martin Atkinson. Never, ever, ever refereeing a competitive Arsenal fixture ever again. Amazing stuff. Um, <laughs> it's just a great thing to be aware of, and I was made aware of that yesterday, so I thought I would share my joy with you. Uh, however, the main kind of uh, interesting story is Lasagna Gate 2.0, as it's now being described. Gary Lineker, I think, fooling everybody initially with a tweet about the uh, about a possible food poisoning spate going around the Spurs dressing room once again, obviously harking back to the famous 2006 Lasagna Gate. Um, but in reality, Harry Kane has been unwell. He has the same stomach bug that Dejan Kulisewski kept him out of the game, or starting the game, uh, against Burnley. Uh, and they played Spurs were pretty bad against Burnley. Very fortunate to get that victory in the end. And fingers crossed, uh, they have an equally poor performance against Norwich. But it's not anything like uh, a outbreak by any shape or form. And if you've seen Gary Lineker's follow-up tweet, you'll know that it was rather a bit of a joke. And actually, whilst, yes, it was designed to be a joke, I think there was actually a little bit of a, an, an underlying narrative to make sure that Spurs are reminded of what happened in 2006 and to take all the necessary precautions ahead of what is obviously a very important game tomorrow for them. We're still very much open that Norwich can do us a favour and Dean Smith was speaking in his press conference ahead of the game and didn't really kind of give anything away other than the fact he said that you know we're going to try and win the game we want the points and New, uh, Norwich can finish actually 19th which would give them two million pounds extra in return for that positional placement should the game against Watford go in their favour of course but Lasagna Gate 2.0 is a bit of a hoax, you might say. But there are still some illnesses in the team, it turns out. Now, William Saliba, according to RMC Sport, has told um, the Marseille hierarchy that he would be open to returning there next season. Uh, now, this obviously sparked quite a lot of discussion and debate across socials yesterday. I've created a poll for this morning's show, which you can, of course, vote on in the chat box. I've asked you, do you think that Saliba will be an Arsenal player next season. And the confidence is still quite high amongst our listeners. 80% of you saying that, yes, he will. Saliba will still be an Arsenal player next season. 20% though saying no. I just don't really know how Marseille would structure a deal. They can't afford to buy Saliba at all. They have absolutely no chance of affording him. The only way that you could see it happening is if he returned on another loan deal, which just would not suit Arsenal by any shape or form. It makes sense for him to return. The understanding is that there was an in uh, in kind of intention from him to return and that he would be integrated into the Arsenal squad next season. Um, but I don't think that this is certainly one to worry too much about. I think this is a very well-timed piece of information that's coming out. I think that Saliba would be open to returning to Marseille. But what this story doesn't do is it doesn't take into account any of the Arsenal perspectives in this in this view. It doesn't talk about 
Arsenal in the return of you know how he performs, how he want to, how he would want to play for Arsenal as well. Doesn't address any of that stuff. Only talks about the Marseille side of things. So let's wait and see um, what happens next season. Let's see if he gets into the team. It'd be great to have him integrated into the squad with Ben White and with Gabriel. He can rotate, he can challenge, and who knows, maybe he can even supersede them. If he does, it's good for the team because it means that he's outperforming them and it means that he'll be doing more for Arsenal. He's not done that yet, and we still need to see Saliba prove that at a higher level. And, you know, if he's not putting in the same kind of stats as we've seen maybe from White and to some certain extent uh, Gabriel at Liga, it still does show that he needs to improve in plenty of areas. And we hopefully will see that at Arsenal next season. Let's push forward to our next story. And Bakayo Saka, according to some questionable outlets, uh, will be demanding a release clause is put into his brand's new Arsenal contract. No information about whether how true this is or what the amount it would be regarding a release clause, but it is said that he would want a release clause inserted into his brand's new Arsenal contract because there's this desire of him to play in the Champions League. And if it's not going to be at Arsenal, so it makes it easier for a you know a team kind of like Manchester City, for instance to come in and buy him quite easily. I don't think that would happen. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he will sign a brand new contract and that will be that. We'll have to wait and see. But I don't think Bakaya Saka will have a release clause in his deal. It would be a bit of a strange one. We'll see. Anyway, uh, moving forwards to Serge Gnabry, who is our headline story. His contract situation continues to be uncertain. He is a player that, as we know, is very, very highly rated. Is interesting, Arsenal. Arsenal are keeping tabs on the situation. And he is struggling, if not entirely failed, to secure a brand new contract with Bayern Munich. And in that case, Arsenal could try and get him on a deal in the summer. If Arsenal are going to replace Nicolas Pepe, which they definitely should, Serge Gnabry is a player that would absolutely fulfill that role brilliantly. So fingers crossed we can get someone like Serge Gnabry into the Arsenal team. I think it's a a bit of a stab in the dark, a little bit of a long shot, but who knows? If you don't try, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And our headline act, uh, not transfer-wise, but of course it was Mikel Arteta's press conference Ahead of the game against Everton yesterday, he spoke about a number of topics. You can watch that press conference back over on the Arsenal way. Um, listening to him yesterday uh, in attendance, he was uh, very quick to defend the young players, interestingly so, very quick indeed to protect those young players. Um, <clears throat> and then talked quite a lot about what we could expect from the summer. And he spoke about specifically um, the idea that We've reduced the wage bill significantly and that will help us to try and bring in more players because there was a question about how much they've got to spend. And whilst you said we don't have a unlimited pot of money, what we do have and what we have been able to do is reduce the wage bill considerably. And I was looking into this and Arsenal have been able to save over a million pounds per week on wages. And that's before we even start talking about players like Bellerin and Leno and Lacazette, etc., leaving the club and saving us even more money in terms of wages. But when we've got players off the wage bill like Ozil and Abamyang uh, and Mustafi and Socrates and Kalasinac, and you start adding up all of these wages, all of a sudden you've got a situation where you've saved a hell of a lot of money and we can hopefully reinvest that in the summer transfer window to push us forwards towards 
our goals. Let's go to the questions in the chat box. If you indeed do have any questions that you'd like to ask, throw them in and we'll go through as many of them as feasibly possible after this short break. Okay, then let's uh, let's go to questions in the chat. Mr. Mute says, any more news on Hickey? Not right now. Um, there's It's gone quite quiet. And this usually does happen. You With transfers, and especially leading up into the end of the, tra- uh, the season, that like actual football playing season, when you get linked with a player initially, there's like a big kind of furore around the player. You'll get the original story. You'll get some developing stories. And then it will go quiet because obviously the transfer window is not yet open. The deal might be in negotiations behind the scenes and not any more information has been leaked about that yet. Um, so I wouldn't be worried that you're not hearing anything. However, it is said that the Italian sources around this deal have hyped it up a lot more than it is in reality. And a lot of English sources like David Ornstein and Charles Watts have said that there are the indications are that it's nowhere near as close of what the Italian media have said. So who knows at this stage? Uh, Steve, thanks, mate. Really appreciate your kind words in the comments section and the support, of course, of everybody who tunes in, takes up some of their own time to listen to the show. It is very, very much appreciated. Uh, let's go to Byron, who says, Tom, will the Arteta project blossom next season? Will we have enough depth for the Europa League? I, I honestly don't know, Byron. This is the honest. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. It depends on what we do in the transfer window. In my view, we need to get at least seven players into the club in the summer. I've gone through them before, but just for the sake of it, again, a goalkeeper, which we've already done in Turner, um, a fullback uh, in terms of arguably, you could arguably say two fullbacks to you know upgrade upon Tavares and Cedric, but just say a versatile fullback like Hickey, two centre midfielders, including one experienced option for us, two strikers, including a really strong number nine with some aerial threat, and a wide forward is what I would like to see brought into the team next season. Whether or not that happens is another thing. Uh, Julian says, Tom, I know uh, I know, not Arsenal, but what's your take on the Everton situation regarding FFP? If they've broken the regulations, they should be punished for it. Because And Burnley and Leeds are absolutely right to call this out. If they've made a significant loss, and it's something like, what, 370-odd million over the last three years? If that's the case, they should absolutely face punishment. So I don't really know why there's a resistance or a reluctance for more clubs not to highlight this and they should face punishment for it. Uh, Ian says, what is the minimum requirement for Arteta to stay in the job? Progress. It's always progress. We've got to be looking upwards. We've got to be moving forwards. And because we look like we're going to finish fifth, we need to make sure that we qualify for the Champions League next season. I've said that on a numerous shows now. We need to qualify for the Champions League next season. If we don't do that, we need to start asking questions about whether he's the right person to lead us in that direction. But it always needs to be pushing forwards, moving forwards. The thing about this squad that's been built by Arteta is that it's not Arteta's squad. It's a squad that could be taken over by another manager quite easily. And it's good because, you know, you're not attached to a coach like we was a bit with Unai Emery. It felt like that squad was needing an overhaul and we've now done that. But because we've got such a young, malleable group of players, if you bring a new coach in, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And you don't necessarily start from square one because you've created this group of malleable young players. But if we're moving in the right direction, which I believe that we are, then that's fine. Keep them in the job. 360 David says, I was speaking with my brother about potential midfielders for next season. What about Coop Miners to replace Xhaka? If he's going to be the replacement for Xhaka, he would be a very, very, very good option. Uh, Felix says, hi, Tom. What's your take on Moussa Diaby and Gakpo? 
kind of, I mean, Diaby's more versatile, can play on both flanks, really, really solid player, fantastically creative and a good goal scorer as well for Leverkusen. Gakpo, very similar in terms of goal scoring and creation, but has not necessarily done it in the elite European league yet. He's playing in the Eredivisie for PSV, but uh, I like his profile. I like his physicality, his height. I like the fact that you could see him transform into a striker and Arsenal are very interested in him. So let's wait and see what happens with that. Um, let's go to, uh, scrolling up. Alfred says, uh, Wambasaka had a rough ride at United at Palace. Uh, he was a wing back and had strong center backs next to him. United have been a mess and he's being made to being made a scapegoat for multiple failings. It's very strong. I'm assuming there's a conversation going on about Wambasaka. Look, I think Wambasaka has got a lot of potential as a fullback, but I agree. He's been playing alongside some pretty questionable defenders, um, but he does have a lot of areas of improvement. I wouldn't sign him for Arsenal. Uh, Avenav says, hi, Tom. Do you think buying Richarlison is better than buying Jesus? No, I don't. Uh, I would much rather see Jesus come in than Richarlison. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Richarlison, to be honest. Not one bit. Um, Jack says, I have absolutely zero faith in Edu. His ability in selling players is my major Worry. I think it's a bit extreme, Jack, to say that you have zero faith and couldn't point out any positives. But, you know, we are a very extreme fan base. Um, but I agree in terms of selling players, there is a concern about what we might do. We have been able to sell some players for some decent figures like Amy Martinez and, uh, and Joe Willock. We've made a very good fee off those. But in terms of selling in general, there is an argument that how do you sell players that no one really wants? Uh, it's a fair argument. You know, we've struggled to sell players because there's not been the interest in those players. So we've had to loan some players out at the time with those options. Now, unfortunately, players like Mavropanos and Genduzi in particular have certainly or certainly be worth a lot more than their options. That's on us. But it's also what's on what happened before. Genduzi in particular, the Hertha Berlin loan, when he came back from that Hertha Berlin loan, he was worth about nine to 10 million pounds, which is what he's going to go for at the end of this season. And at the end of this season with Marseille, despite the fact he'll go for nine to 10 million, it's probably worth more than double that figure. So it's, it's a very, very fine balance between success and failure in the market. And he needs to improve the way in which he sells players. But hopefully there's now a better opportunity to improve that record. Uh, Uriel says, hi, Tom. Would you rather get Champions League this season but crash out in the round of 16 or not make the Champions League but win the Europa? Win the Europa? Obviously. <laughs> Getting the Champions League the following season and you've won a trophy. So, yeah, win the Europa League. That's what I'd rather do. Um but I, when when you go into the Champions League, it's not a case of like, oh, we're trying to get to the round of 16. No, you go as far as you feasibly can. Uh, far as you feasibly So I'd rather win the competition uh, and you still get Champions League qualification from winning it. If it was a case of you won Europa and you didn't get Champions League qualification, then we might be able to have a bit more of a discussion about it. But because it does qualify you for the Champions League, I'd rather win the Europa, get the silverware and qualify for that following season. Uh, Gruner Jake says, Tom, in terms of FFP, how much do you think Newcastle will ever spend? Loads is the answer. Loads and loads and loads because they haven't spent much. And because they've not really spent all that much recently, they're able to spend pretty much what they want. There's some good articles out there if you want to go and read about it. But quite a lot is the answer. They could blow loads of money this summer if they wanted to. They don't really have a bit of a cap uh, on what they can spend unfortunately and that's another reason why FFP doesn't really always work because um, it doesn't prevent these teams that have been basically making a profit for quite a while because they just haven't been spending and Mike Ashley didn't want to spend 
uh, and it means they can spend a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money. Um, away says, are you at the match tomorrow? No, it's the first game I'm missing all season because um, I'm actually at a wedding tomorrow. But uh, I don't think it's actually on any kind of terrestrial TV um, tomorrow. I don't think it's on Sky or BT. So wouldn't have been able to watch it anyway. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I'm going to try and stick off my phone, put it in my pocket, keep it quiet, and then check it after the scores are finished just so I'm not constantly, constantly checking it. So I just don't need to. Who is that? Uh, Unai Vencedor, I'm being pointed out to with a super chat from CD. Uh, what are my thoughts on him? Uh, my thoughts are that I'm looking into him now, central midfield. As I said, ever since I've started working for Football London and my focus has been fully on Arsenal, I've been missing out on seeing the impact of, of some of the young players coming through in certain areas. So I don't know enough about him. Is he linked to Arsenal? If he is linked to Arsenal, I've not seen any links with him so far. Maybe we are. I'm looking on news, not seeing any links. Don't know if about him, mate. So maybe um, he's someone to keep your eye on. Uh, let's go to Jack, who says, would love to see us go and get Edwards, who's recently left Liverpool. He can identify sensible signings and hidden gems and sales players at a very good price. Edu could even work with him. I don't think that will happen, um, but uh, he is certainly someone that's very, very highly rated in that field. Jashar says, Tom, if you were treated by your employer the way Saliba has been treated over the last three years, would you really be in a rush to come back? Um, I think he's been treated perfectly in the last 18 months, to be honest. I think the loans we've sent him on have been great for his career, have been perfect for his career and have sent him on the right trajectory. The mistake that we made was in 2020. Um, you know, you can't dress it up. They made an error. They should have registered him for the Premier League. They should have registered him for the Europa League, and they didn't do that. It wasn't necessarily about not getting him a loan. They had a loan practically agreed with Wren at the end of the 2020 window, and then Wren turned around and changed their minds and went for Daniele Rigani instead. But then we could have registered Saliba, and we didn't. So that's that's the silliness. That's the 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 irritation with the Saliba situation. But to be honest, Jasha, if, if after that, you know, three years ago, 2020, talking two years ago now, if it was a case where the company or my employer had treated me perfectly, which I believe that Arsenal have in the last 18 months with those loans to Nice and Marseille, to develop me, to make me better, to send me back in a position where I could return to the company in a position where I was a lot better and able to compete with the players that are there, then yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I think it would have worked. Um, let's go to uh, Kushal says, Arteta has a cult. We invented him yet. We invented him. Yeah, his followers think he had the last, he is the last prophet. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think that the whole Arteta out, Arteta in thing, there's cults on both sides at this stage. I'm quite happy just sitting in the middle and being like, I just want Arsenal to succeed. <laughs> you know, I think if you're, if Arteta, if Arteta can do no wrong, that's not the way to approach something. You know, we sit here and if he does well, we'll praise him. If he doesn't do well, we'll criticise him because that's what you're supposed to do as a fan. If you're unable of praising Arteta because you want him gone or if you're unable of criticising him because you're desperate for him to succeed at all costs and no one else can succeed, just Arteta, then that's not... Then you're prioritising kind of your own opinion over that of being an Arsenal fan. So, look, Krishal, we can talk about there being a cult of people that want him to... It's a weird one, isn't it? Because we say about wanting to succeed, because surely we should all want Arteta to succeed. I hope there's no one sitting in this chat box that doesn't want Arteta to succeed. Because if, if you are one of those people, 
then you're not really an Arsenal fan, you know, because if Arteta succeeds, Arsenal succeeds. And that's the baseline for being a supporter, is wanting Arsenal to succeed. It's not a fact. And I see some people going, you can't tell people how to support, and I'm not. It's just definition of what a fan is, wanting Arsenal to succeed. And if Arsenal succeeds at the moment, it's because Arteta's succeeding. So surely you should all want Arteta to succeed? No? So, yeah, the Colts side of thing, I think, goes both ways <laughs> very, very easily. Uh, Mark says, I'm just happy critiquing Arteta when I think he's made mistakes, neither in or out, and unshake it all about. <laughs> I think that's absolutely perfect, Mark. Yeah, that's exactly where I sit. Um, if he does well, I'll praise him. And I think that, you know, this season I thought we'd finish fifth and we nearly finished fourth. So, you know, in terms of where we're at, I think we've nearly overachieved this season. We haven't in the end. I don't think we have. I think that Spurs will beat Norwich. Um, but we've gone in the right direction still. And I think, you know, if you look at the fifth place that we are now compared to the fifth place that we were when we finished under Emery, you know, we were going backwards in my view then. And this is a fifth place in which we're going upwards rather than the tra trajectory going backwards. It's mental. It's just this crazy kind of the desperation that there is sometimes around Arteta failing. Um, I'll read you this comment that I had. <laughs> and I'll probably, you'll probably appreciate me reading this comment out, but it's quite funny. And I was, uh, I was showing Lev last night, Lev from the Arsenal Met Lounge, another person I met last night. Uh, James, shout out to James Wolf. This comment is great. Tom, how do you feel? You backed this clown of a manager. Who was the worst midfield captain we've ever had? And an even worse manager. Fans like you and the platforms like yours has turned our great club into clowns. He loves the word clown. Encouraging our fan base to accept this effery. I won't use the word he used. Uh, by the way, I'm no troll. It's always... <laughs> so you always know they're not a troll when they say, by the way, I'm not a troll. <laughs> up of all people, uh, I'm fed up of people like you bigging up this clown who is now letting Pepe leave, overplaying Saka and hindering, Mar hindering Martinelli. Uh, I can't wait to see you smell the coffee. It will be epic. <laughs> it's like... I feel like some people put the pride of their opinion above their, you know, supportership of Arsenal. It's very strange. It's very odd, but it's just what happens. Um, we're a very proud bunch, some of us, about our opinions. I love being wrong when it's when it's about Arsenal because it usually means that we're going in a right direction because I could be very critical at times. And if I'm wrong about certain things, it usually means that it's a good thing. Um, and it's happened a lot. Smell the coffee, indeed. I can't. I don't like coffee. <laughs> so it's, it's not even like a hot drink that I like. If you just said smell the tea, that might have worked a bit better. Um, Neil says, uh, we're going to be going for a little bit longer, by the way, guys. So throw in your questions. Come out with all your difficult queries. I'm happy to take them all on. Neil says, do you think Arsenal fans have lost expectations over the years due to the lack of ambition by the club? Not confident about summer window as Arteta is feeding us. It will not be as big as... I he didn't say that, Neil. He said he wants to do what he did last time. He said he wants to... Like, so that's, you know... I, this is what I think it is. I think people's perception sometimes of Arteta, if you're critical of him or whatever. And, you know, Neil, I, I know you from the chat box. You, you're very critical at times. I think that can actually skew how you interpret his comments so that the way in which you've understood them isn't actually the way in which they've been told. And... He didn't actually feed us any information about it being not as big as last time. He actually, what he said was that they want to do what they did last time. So it's interesting the way in which you've interpreted that. In terms of, do I think that Arsenal fans have lost expectations? 
you've generalised Arsenal fans there for a start. I mean, we've got to talk about it in terms of some Arsenal fans always, and it's always you should always be careful about saying that. Um, and I know I make that mistake too, so don't worry. Um, but in terms of have we lost ambition? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I want to be winning titles. I want to be in the Champions League. I want to be going for the Champions League. I want to be getting into the, the highest positions possible. I think I, from my position, I'm just a bit more grounded and patient about what I think it's going to take to achieve that. I don't think that can be achieved, you know, in the space of a year and a bit. And I think that unfortunately is that people talk about saying that Arteta has had three seasons, which isn't true. Um, you know, we've had the season where he came in and we joined and we were 11th. He's had to overhaul the entire squads. You know, he's having to improve things as we go, create accountability, improve the culture, lower the wage bill, lower the age profile. And yes, people say that's his choice. You know, he's done it that way. And you're right to say that. But I think that it is the right path. I think it is the right group um, and the right, right way to get it back. And if we want to get back to challenging for titles, it might not be under Arteta. It might be under someone else. But I do think that the way in which we're currently trying to get back to that period is the right way of doing it, is overhauling the squads, is getting rid of players that are problems, is lowering the wage bill, is making opportunities for young players to come through, is establishing a group, a core group of homegrown players. I think this is the right way to do it, to get back, to get longer-term success. Because I don't want short-term success. I want long-term, established, stable success of competition. And I'm willing to be patient to get that. Some people aren't, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Some people want to get it now. Some people want to say that we should be winning, we should be challenging for a title next season. And if that's your view, I'm not going to criticise you for it. I'm not going to turn around and say, you shouldn't think that way, because why wouldn't you want to think that way? Why wouldn't you want Arsenal to be competing for a title next season? You're more than entitled to that view. It's just my view that I don't think that's feasible, no matter if you've got Arteta or if you've got Pep Guardiola for Arsenal next season. I think it's going to take time. And I think the direction in which we're moving shows that some good decisions are being made. Not all of them. And we've made mistakes. It's very rare that you find situations where mistakes aren't made. There's no, there's nothing perfect about football. But, you know, I'm just more willing and more patient than I know a lot of people are. And that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. But what I would say is at least respect. You know, there's a level of respect, I think, that can be shared because... I certainly show that respect in terms of opinions that are put across in a respectful way if they don't agree with mine. If they don't tend to be respectful, then I don't offer that same respect back. Guna Jake says, uh, question, uh, Tom, do you think games like Newcastle and the Spurs game will give the players experience for next season when facing these types of games? I mean, that's the only thing you can take from them, Jake, because it's not going to be... It's, it's difficult to take things from those games as anything more than learning curves because they're horrible experiences, but players need to go through those. I didn't want to go through that. I'm just gutted because, we, you know, we could have finished in the top four this season. And it's my honest belief, had Partey, Tinney and Tommy Asse been available for one of those games against Brighton, Southampton, and, you know, we would have won. And we would have had three extra points. And we would be going into this game against Everton with those players available and with probably a winning side that was going to get us into the top four. And, you know, it's not happened. And we can talk about January. And I think that's an error, you know, not bringing in a striker in January could have really changed things for us, bringing in a midfielder, bringing in Bruno Gimaraes in particular. But I think if you look at Chelsea as, a, as an example, you know, Chelsea wanted to, to challenge for a title this season. 
They lost Ben Chilwell. They lost Reese James for a large period of time. You lose your starting fullbacks, no matter what team you are, maybe other than Man City, and you're probably going to fall away from what your objective is. And that unfortunately happened to us. Next season, we need to be in a position where, you know, the, the replacements, the backups, which I don't want to call them backups, because if you've got a backup, it's not good. So we'll see. Um, Chrishell says, fifth is failure, fourth is acceptable failure. I don't agree with you, Chrishell, but I respect your opinion. Uh, Tinku says, remember Sesk, RVP, Nasri, core groups? We fail that ambition in future. Liverpool and City will be knocking the door for Martinelli and Saka before the project finishes. We'll have to wait and see, and I think that's going to be one of the big tests of this group and of this club, is that whilst we are on this kind of project to try and get back to that level, that we can hold on to those players. We've renewed Martinelli. We've renewed Saka recently. We've renewed Smith-Rowe and Tierney. Um, we need to try and renew these other big players. Gabriel and Saka are the big focuses this summer, I assume. And we need to make sure that we add some big players as well. Uh, Yamama says, challenging for the title is extremely unrealistic when we're in a league with arguably the two best teams in the league, uh, in the world. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's very difficult when you've got Liverpool and Man City. But, you know, people want to see us getting higher than fifth. And I think that's fair. You know, I think it's fair to to demand higher than fifth of Arsenal. But you still need to be objective. You still need to be grounded about what the expectations are at the present and what we're capable of achieving. Because if we'd have finished fourth, Chrishell a second ago in our comment, I'll bring it back up. Chrishell would have described fourth as an acceptable failure, despite the fact the team was not a fourth or a top four team. And that's been a widely accepted thing, you know, across not just within the Arsenal fan base, but outside of it, is that this team is not worthy of being fourth yet. And yet we described fourth as an acceptable failure, which is a weird terminology. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it, very strange. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's just the way that it works. Is that we had, in my view, the fifth, be fifth best squad, which even then arguably was a push. And then we weakened ourselves in January, and that was a huge error. Um, <clears throat> let's go to, uh, Billy says the difference between that period, we didn't spend a lot of money. Now we look like we are willing to spend. And I think also like people talk about the amount of money that we haven't or have or haven't spent. Arsenal have spent a lot of money. Arsenal spent, as we talked about on the phone in show the other day, we've spent over a billion pounds on players since 2007, over a billion quid. And I can count on my fingers up until the point Arteta was appointed players that I genuinely thought progressed us or took us to were aimed at taking us forwards. You know, I struggled to get past 10 players that were brought in and really did take us forwards out of about 800 of million quid. That's poor. That's really poor. So that you're looking at that and you're going, you've got a success rate of 10 players in 800 million quid. So every £80 million, pounds you get a success story. But we've spent way, way more than we needed to, way, way more than we should have done. And I think when it comes to what we're doing now and the players that we're bringing in now with the money that we've spent, it's to change the direction of the way in which we're building the team. So that if you look at players like Odegaard, who I like, and White, who I like, and um, Gabriel, who I like, and Ramsdale, and Partey, you know, these are players, and Tomiyasu, I look at and go, yeah, you know, these guys are going to move us in the right direction. These guys are improving us. These guys are going to get us to where we need to go if we continue to be as proactive and as sensible in the market. 
But I wasn't thinking that about the 800 odd million quid that we spent before Arteta came along and it sent us back to, well, 11th before he took over. That's where we were. So, you know, it's difficult to be patient when we've been patient for so long. But I'm just willing to do that. And other people aren't. And that's fine. But I don't know why it causes so much hate towards me in particular from certain sections of the fan base. It is a little unsettling. Axel says, I hate to say this, but my genuine feeling is that we would not compete for one or two in a long time. That's why the board aims to field a young team that consistently can claim top four and in 10 years compete. Axel, it's my genuine belief that this is the foundation of a squad that could challenge for a title in two summers' time. I believe there's the capacity and the potential for this team to do that. If in two summers' time we can add, you know, two top-quality forwards, a top-quality midfielder or two, add the strength and depth that we need to add and keep our best players at the club, there's no reason, especially when you consider the age brackets of some of the best players at Liverpool and City, why Arsenal should not be looking to try and mount some kind of challenge in two summer windows' time. I certainly think that's what we should be looking to achieve. And that certainly should be our aim, is that after, what, another two to three hundred million pounds worth of spending on this team, which I think is reasonable in two summers, in this era of football, we should be looking to challenge. And if we aren't doing that, then I think, you know, that we have to ask questions about who the money's been spent on, who's spending the money, who's managing the team. All of those things should be talked about. So, you know, when people talk about my standards or what my expectations are or that, you know, I'm lowering the expectations or lowering the standards, I don't know why that stacks up. Because in my view, I want this team in two summers' time to be in a position where it can challenge. And it should be able to. With two summers of really smart, and significant investment, we should challenge. And if we do that and we fail, then then you need to start looking elsewhere. You need to start thinking, well, what is the problem? If we're investing well, if we are improving the team and we've got a team that should be challenging, why isn't it? Well, then you've got to start questioning what's going wrong and what's not working. People, lot, people talk about, some people talk about the idea that we didn't have European football this season. We didn't really have a squad for European football this season, you know? So, yeah, sure, we only played one game a week at times. Not many, many times, but, you know, we still had quite a few games this season. But the fact is that this team wasn't designed to play in Europe this year. Yes, we're going to have Europe next season, but hopefully we'll have a squad designed to cope with multiple, or well, an extra competition that we didn't have this season. So, yeah. Mark says, you're more patient than me, Tom. Um <clears throat> Probably, maybe. It's not a bad thing. You know, I'm never gonna <clears throat> I'm never gonna criticize someone for not having patience anymore. We've waited since 2004 for a title. I'm not entitled to say to someone, you need to be more patient. And I'm never gonna tell anyone anymore to be, you need to be more patient. You need to wait, you know, you need to lower your standards. I'm never gonna say that to anyone because you've waited since 2004. How you support your club and how you view the club is up to you. You know, you, you support the way that you want. You hold the opinion that you want. And that's fine. As long as you're doing it in a respectful way and that you want Arsenal to succeed. I can't I can't disagree with you. I can't turn around to you and say, no, you're wrong. Because if you want Arsenal to win, you know, and you want Arsenal to win titles, what is there to complain about? What is there to say, oh, that's wrong. How dare you think that way? Whilst from my perspective, I'm just 
I am just a bit more patient. I look at myself as a bit more, you know, objective than maybe others are about where we're going, about what it takes. That's just the different. I just have a different perception of it from my point of view. And if you agree with it, great. If you don't, great. It doesn't matter because this is what football is about different opinions at the end of the day. Um, Byron says, Tom, this team needs depth and Europa League will help the youngsters grow and maybe allow us to give Hutchinson and like some game time. I think look, Europa League will definitely put us in a position where we should, you know, we should be able to give those types of players more game time. I'd rather be in the Champions League. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely would rather be in the Champions League. But being in the Europa League means that there are some other positives that we can look at and giving some more time to some of these younger players possibly will be that. Hutchinson, though, probably will end up on loan next season. So there may be a slight difference with that compared to what maybe people wanted of Hutchinson from Arsenal's next season. Uh, Johan says, Arsenal fans are at least understanding of their fellow peers regarding a lack of patience yeah if i am how can you not be understanding of a lack of patience from arsenal fans how could you not be understanding of that it's how long has it been since we've won a title i just think there's ways to go about it that i don't agree with some of the ways in which some are going about it with the abuse and the horrible um words that are put out towards the club and the manager and certain players I don't agree with that. But like if someone says I'm I'm fed up of waiting, I'm fed up of us not competing, that's fair. That's so fair <laughs> because we haven't for so long. So how why wouldn't you be fed up of it? Why wouldn't you be fed up of not competing? Um Gunnar Legend says, Tom, did you see Edu's comments that we will look to bring in one or two players? Yeah, Gunnar Legend, make sure that you've interpreted that correctly because that doesn't mean one or two players only. That means one or two marquee big world-class type players that's what he's talking about the club still plans on bringing way more than just two players so don't let that worry you uh if we do end up bringing in one or two players though there will be hell to pay <laughs> uh neil says arteta said we are going to have certain resources not unlimited resources some resources and with our resources we have to play and do what we have to do um in the best possible way uh let me find you the quote um that says that he wants to do what he did last time um because picking and choosing quotes is never the best way forwards uh transfers 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 last year yes here we go um come on last summer he said yes here we go um, we are going to have certain resources. Not unlim- Oh, so you've actually cut out the last bit. Um, he says, yeah, that's why we have to find a way to do again what we did last summer. So, and I mean, I'll get it up on the screen so you can see it, Neil, because you've alluded, alluded? No, what's the word I'm looking for? Cut out. You know, you've removed the part of the quote that is the most important part. Um, so, yeah, there you go. This bit here, give that a read. It'll show you exactly they're trying to do what they've done last time about last time around. So uh, there you go. Make sure the last the last sentence the most key. That's why we have to find a way to do again what we did last summer. 150 odd million. I think we'll spend more. It's my prediction that we'll spend more excluded. That's the word. Thank you, Emily. Um, I think we'll spend more than 150 million this summer. We have to if we want to do what we need to do, which is to you know qualify the Champions League next season and continue to push on and push forwards, absolutely, we need to be spending more than we did and we need to bring in absolutely the right players. So, 
let's let's wait and see and see if it indeed does happen. Um, Kushal, who doesn't spend on Arsenal? Who doesn't? I don't know. Because, I mean, Cronky, the whole Cronky situation is a bit of a weird one because, you know, there has been investment. In fact, there was 200 million odd quid worth of investment to refinance the, the loan situation, which, you know, was the money. And they own the club. So if Arsenal spends, they spend. It's kind of how it works. If you buy a business and then with that business that you've bought, you suddenly invest in staff, you invest in infrastructure, you invest in equipment. You're investing because you've bought the business. It's it's not a really complicated concept to get. Since they've bought Arsenal, any money that the club spends is their money because they've bought the club. So I know what people want to talk about with investment and pumping money in, like Abramovich, et cetera, et cetera, which if you look at what's happened now, maybe we wouldn't be as uh, <laughs> as happy about it. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the concept that should be fairly simple in terms of understanding it because, you know, he, it's the club's theirs now. They've bought it fully out. It's their money. So whenever we spend, they're spending money because they've bought it. Uh, Matsu says, can Arsenal compete for titles without big investment from the owners? Um, we can't, well, as I say, we can't compete for titles if we don't spend. If Arsenal don't spend, they can't compete because for all the good players that you can produce and all the players that we can develop, you know, we can't close that gap to our rivals without signing players. So yeah, we need to absolutely sign players if we want to close that gap. Uh, Gunners 23 says Saliba has made two consecutive team of the seasons, French national team call up, but apparently he's not fully ready to play for Arsenal. Who said that? Is he not ready to play for Arsenal yet? I think he's ready to play for Arsenal now. Does Arteta say he's not ready to play for Arsenal now? I don't think I've seen anything about Arteta saying he's not ready to play for Arsenal yet. If he comes back in the summer and they loan him out again, then sure, we can have that chat. But right now, I've seen no indication that Arteta said he's not ready yet. No indication. That right now, at the start of the season, before he went on loan, sure. I don't think Arteta thought he was ready yet. And that's fair. You know, he had six months of football in about, what, about a year's worth of football in two or three years. He weren't fit enough, weren't ready, didn't need, need more experience, in my view. And I think alone was the right decision. And I think that's been proven right by what he's done this season. I just hope he stays now. We just got to hope that he stays. And the Arsenal have got to convince him that he's in the right place. And that's the challenge. And that's something that we will measure Arteta and the club's success by, is whether or not we can keep Saliba at the club. But this idea of saying that apparently he's not ready yet, no one said that yet. We're in 2022 and no one at Arsenal has said he's not ready yet. No one. So we can get rid of that rhetoric because it doesn't exist. Um, let's go to Lynn. Reading between the lines yesterday, I got the impression that Arteta didn't want to give too much away about transfers. He doesn't ever, Lynn. Lynn, he's one of the most media-trained, savvy people in the business is Arteta. Um, bats away questions, will not give any information away about injuries if they if they don't have to. Um, won't give any information away about transfers. They have a staple answer for everything along that line. For contracts, staple answers. It is a nightmare, you know, getting information <laughs> from a journalistic point of view. An absolute nightmare sometimes from Arteta. You know, thankfully there are contacts out there that information does squeak through. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Arteta is not open to answer. And to be honest, I, I can admire that. I've got respect for that. I have absolutely respect for that. 
Um, let's go to Amira, who says, should we be looking for competition for Odegaard? Yes, absolutely. Who plays there if he gets injured? We played 4-4-2 without him. Can't see us changing the system for just one player. Yeah, we need to. We absolutely need to. Um, Umi says, lol, this guy. I wonder if I'm this guy. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. We move. I hate protecting this club when people talk better. Funny thing is they are right. I'd, I'd, be, I'd love to know what that means because i don't know uh billy says for example Klopp and pep both are highest spenders out of all the premier league managers they are building super teams through the backing of their owners um yeah they are um but again i do go back to the point that we've spent what a billion quid since <laughs> 2007 on players it's not like we haven't spent money it's what we've spent it on and i quite like the way we're spending the money now um i know not everyone does and that's fine i do um, I do quite I do quite like the way in which we are moving. Uh, Rich says, Tom, do you think Eddie will stay with the Europa League? Uh, he'll get more game time. He shouldn't. You know, he really, really shouldn't. Eddie Nketiah should move on. Uh, if For the benefit of his career, he should absolutely move on from Arsenal. If he stays, I think he's mugging himself off, to be honest. Um, Tom's. Says, Tom, again, with Saliba, isn't the idea of a loan to have the player do well and be successful? Not sure why people are bent out of shape because of a successful loan. Come back and integrate. Um, there's a couple of reasons why, Tom, that the people do this. Uh, one is because Arteta, you know, that's the obvious answer. You know, if you, if you don't like Arteta, Saliba is a very, very strong stick to beat him with. Same with the Bamiang, same with Genduzi. You know, these are really good sticks to beat the manager with when they want. Um unnecessarily at times and out of context in terms of what Saliba could have done for us this season could he have performed like he did at Marseille this season arguably that's why he's performed so well but was it a risk absolutely could it have fallen apart and fallen away absolutely could he have um, not got enough minutes and got frustrated and upset because we know that's you know he has that type of brashness about him absolutely but no we sent him on loan He's got an entire season of football playing brilliantly for Marseille, getting into another team of the season and getting a young player of the season award for Liga. And we've got that player. He's still an Arsenal player. He's on a two-year contract. If Marseille wants him, tough. You've got to buy and got to pay up if you want him. If you, and if you do, you know, you're going to have to stump up a hell of a lot of money to get him. But we have no reason to sell him. We have no reason to allow him to leave. And, you know, players are, especially at that age, very emotional. You think about the Torreira situation. Torreira went through one of the worst things any, not footballer, but any person can go through and lose a parent. And during that period, when we were doing the transfer shows last summer, and, you know, he was talking about how he wanted to go back to South America. And look what happened. He's gone to Fiorentina. He's very happy in Italy, staying in Europe, away from a lot of his family, um, who are still back in South America. And he's playing really well. And now he wants to stay there. And, you know, he's still a young player. So players say things one day, do an interview one day, and what happens, you know, a month later is very, very different. You know, and Saliba's been, Saliba's 20 years of age, 20 years of age. I remember I said things when I was 20, and I look back on now being 27 and going, why on earth did I say those things when I was 20 years of age? I don't believe them now. I'm not that same person. I don't think that way. And Saliba might do the same thing. So I'm not going to take, you know, the words of a 20-year-old as gospel um, as to what they want to do or what they want to achieve um, into their later career. We'll see what happens this summer. Uh, I hope that he stays. And I hope he succeeds because if he does, it means it'll be good for Arsenal. 
Um, Lynn says, we have to try and get into a position like Liverpool, which has taken Klopp six years to get there. Look, the difference with Liverpool is that it's it's different. Liverpool is very, very different to Arsenal. I don't think we can compare the projects between Liverpool and Arsenal. I think that Arteta has even said that it's different because the difference is, is that Liverpool had a good foundation of players still when Klopp came in. You think about Klopp joined after Brendan Rodgers took Liverpool into a title challenge in which they just finished second and should have won the title. Arteta took over a team that are in 11th and that fallen out of Europe, uh, sorry, fallen out of Champions League football. So to compare what Klopp has done with Liverpool with what Arteta is having to do with Arsenal, it doesn't fit, it doesn't work, you know, because Klopp took on a team that had recently competed for a title, that were, you know, that had played Champions League football recently. It's, it doesn't correlate. It doesn't work. So it was never going to be comparable. It was never going to be, oh, this took this amount of time or Klopp got back into the Champions League in two or three years or two seasons or whatever. It was never going to work that way because he took on a team that Brendan Rodgers had that had already competed for a title. We didn't have that. So, you know, that's why we've had to overhaul the entire thing so before we're going anywhere with it. So it was never, ever going to work. And also... Klopp is better than Arteta. <laughs> you know, this shouldn't surprise people. Klopp is a brilliant coach. And, you know, came into the job with way more experience. And when we when Arteta took over Arsenal, it was a huge gamble. Huge, huge gamble. Huge risk. It was, if anything, you know, the club's worthy of criticism for appointing a manager that had no experience. And it's unsurprising that we got to a stage after Villarreal where I and a lot of fans were kind of done. You know, we were like... No, we need to change coach at this point. And after Man City this season in the 5-0 defeat, we need to change coach. This ain't working. But this season and after that Manchester City game, you know, I think we've started to change how we ended the transfer window and what we've done since then. It's pushed us back up. It's pushed us into a top four race this season. It's pushed us into a position when we go into the final day with the possibility, very small one, but a possibility of getting Champions League football ahead of what I expected us to. And that direction of pushing us in this direction, you know, is what I want. I want to see Arsenal moving forwards. And I believe, in my opinion, and only my opinion, that we are doing that. And that's why I am, you know, not Arteta out, <laughs> you know. And if you are, that's fine. And I'm sure you can come up with a really good argument as to why you are. And I've had discussions with plenty of people that are and that I respect their view. Me and Dan Potts had a great chat last night talking about this. And, you know, I respect Dan's opinion because he backs it up and he talks about it really well. I don't agree with it and I have different viewpoints to it, but we can still coexist. You know, this idea of cult followings or if you're not Arteta out, you're not part of my group or you're not welcome here. If you're Arteta out, if you're Arteta in, but most importantly, as long as you're Arsenal in, you're very welcome here, no matter what you want to do. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Bit of a longer one this morning because I know yesterday's show didn't really go to plan. So I thought I'd go on a little bit longer today. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you tomorrow morning. I can hopefully still do a show tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. I won't be doing a show after the game. I won't be doing a show until Monday evening. There won't be a show on Monday morning either. So tomorrow morning will be your last show until Monday evening because I'm at a wedding uh, tomorrow and through until early on Monday. So unfortunately, no show until Monday afternoon, evening, other than tomorrow morning. So I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. 
Have a fantastic weekend. I hope things go our way. Also, then we might be doing a preview show this evening as well. So that might come through. So make sure you get your notifications turned on and all of that good stuff so you don't miss out on anything. Thank you again to those that donated to Gunas V Cancer. If you want to donate, you still can. Go to www.gunasvcancer.com and you can donate and involve yourself in a great draw for a great prize. It is a great prize. Go check it out. Amazing 89 related top that you can win signed by all the scorers and players that are involved in the scoring of the uh, Michael Thomas goal. So make sure you go and give that a look. Uh, I will see you very, very soon. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.